dear friends in Christ. Before we really begin the sermon, I'd like you to go to page 12 of your bulletin. Below the word sermon and some other verbiage there, you'll find two horizontal lines. On one of those lines, please write spirit. And on the other line, please write flesh. Get that done. Leave room for check marks below the words. I'll tell you when to make a check mark as we go on through the sermon. Now, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth reach out to each person here with a message from your word. Help each person here to learn what it means to live in live in the spirit. Amen. You know, it's it's always a thrill to meet a celebrity in person, especially if it happens sort of accidentally. You hear your favorite rock star on the radio, see them on television often. It's much more exciting to see them in person. I know because I met Michael Landon that way in a restaurant in Vail, Colorado. Just sitting there having lunch and all of a sudden across the room was little Joe Cartwright. Much more fun than seeing him on TV. We got to actually share, him, share amenities. and That's the main reason too that my wife and I go to Carb Day up in Indy every year. Get to go up and meet the drivers, meet the mechanics, the owners, walk around the garages, hang out with Merle Benton House, who happens to be, we're all from Tinley Park, get to tell war stories together. It's better in the flesh, except for one thing, except for one time. The flesh, and please make a check mark in your bulletin by the word flesh. It's a term about our sinful nature that Paul uses over and over again in this reading. He uses it over and over again in this text. It's bad. Living in the flesh means living a life that loves sin and hates God. That's not good. Now, let's talk about living in the Spirit. So please go to where you've written Spirit in your bulletin and make a check mark there. Because on the other hand, we know that it is living God's way. It even sounds holy to talk about living in the Spirit. Problem is, we all live in the flesh. We have material bodies. We live in a material flesh and blood, three-dimensional world. Yes, that's the real world, and God created it. Doesn't God want us to live real lives in this real world, doing physical, tangible things in the flesh? This is one of life's ultimate questions. 
Is there some way we can live in the spirit, make a check mark, while in the flesh, make another check mark? We all live in the flesh, of course, but living in the flesh is completely contrary to living in the spirit. Well, how can we do both? That's the question. So let's look at Romans chapter 8. And incidentally, you ought to make a mark in your Bible somewhere that says Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. Gives the same message as John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, and he gave his one and only Son. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on that nature's desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. That's Romans 8, 5. Very important verse. Living in the flesh means setting our minds on the things of the flesh, not on the things of the Spirit. It means living self-centered lives rather than God-centered life. And now, what is a God-centered life? The Holy Spirit would have us think of others first. Let's look at that passage that says, the fruit of the Spirit is, and it's followed by these words, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And there are some others. But those five will give you a place to start. That's from Galatians 5. A God-centered life is centered outside yourself. Each one of those words, love, peace, patience, kindness, takes you outside yourself. But we often live in the flesh, thinking of what's going to benefit me. We see ourselves as number one or numero uno, setting our minds on the things of the flesh, means chasing after all kinds of immorality. And remember, immorality is not often open, not always, open or physical. Jesus warned us that coveting is as bad as stealing, and that lusting is as bad as adultery. This living in the flesh is the very opposite of pleasing God, as the Spirit would have us do. Now let's go on to Romans 8, 7, and 8. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. <coughs> Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Well, like that elderly man who was stopped by the police at 2 o'clock in the morning, asked where he was going that late at night. He replied, I'm on my way to a lecture about alcohol abuse, smoking, staying out late, and all the bad effects they can have on the human body. And the officer asked, really? Who's giving a lecture like that at this time of the night? The man replied, my wife. We can easily become obsessed with sacrificing the wants and desires 
when our life is controlled by sinful self, it often results in spiritual death, which ends in eternal death. So then, God is telling us that life in the flesh is all evil, that as long as we're living in the flesh, we can never be pleasing to him. Is he saying we ought to escape from these bodies for something spiritual? Maybe we should disengage from the world, go live in caves in the desert. And that's been tried. No. Living in the flesh is completely contrary to living in the spirit. Just living in a cave in the desert will not save you. The Son of God, coming in the flesh, set us free to live in the Spirit. Back to Romans 8, 1-4. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life was set free from the law of sin and death. For what law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. I know that's a lot to take in, but it's what we need to surround ourselves with. Keep on going. So he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Keep that one in mind. The righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the spirit. That's the gospel. We can do it. We just need to follow Jesus. God the Father sent his Son into the world as a real flesh and blood human being to rescue us, flesh and blood humans. He sent the Holy Spirit to the Virgin Mary to conceive in her God's Son. Jesus is fully human and also fully God. That shows how emphatically God intends for us to remain flesh and blood to be his and serve him both in body and in spirit. Life is to be lived in the flesh as a real flesh and blood human being. Jesus lived, died, and rose for us. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Another gospel verse. Jesus lived the life God calls all of us to live. He kept God's law perfectly. Because, and because he was fully human, his keeping of God's law fulfilled the law for us, paying for our sins. On the third day, he rose again from the grave, proved that he overcame death for us. Jesus is our Savior. And now we are baptized into his death and the resurrection 
of Christ, the Holy Spirit, comes into our hearts with the Spirit living in us, even though we still live in the flesh with real live bodies in real physical world. We no longer living, we are no longer living in the flesh because we are no longer people ruled by our sinful flesh. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit living in us sets us free to be God's children. Therefore, we can now live in the Spirit. While in the Spirit, however, you are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. Put another mark by Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. We live in the flesh in a real physical world, fed by the Holy Spirit through word and sacraments. These aren't just something spiritual, human flesh and blood. Jesus is really with us in the physical world every time his word is preached or read and through the sacraments this very flesh and blood of Christ even becomes visible in this physical world. In baptism by water and the Lord's Supper in and under the bread and wine which are his true flesh and blood in the flesh the Holy Spirit leads us to live the way the Lord wants us to, to live. Teaching us as we study the scriptures, the Spirit sets our minds on the things of God. Sets our minds on the things of God. Thus we do please God by helping and serving others. When the Spirit is control of, in control of our lives, we live for real, physical, in the flesh, as well as spiritual needs. We are no longer slaves to immoralities, but set our minds on things of the Spirit. We now have real life, now and forever. Now let's go on to Romans 8, 10 to 11. If Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So you are promised life for your mortal body. Even though because our sin and flesh and blood bodies will die, when Christ returns, he will return, raise those same bodies, Yes, we will live in the flesh in heaven, never again in sinful flesh that troubles us here. Let me conclude. In the meantime now, baptized into the death of Christ's very flesh, living in the flesh and blood of our Savior in his supper, we do live in his spirit, even as we live in the flesh. And may these words give you the peace which passes all understanding. Amen.